Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are Hello. today. Hello, join Welcome us for a conversation that the will spark Mom Manual, provide Kara Williams, and celebrate I the have ordinary an amazing and guest with us today. Kara Walker is founder of Well Rested Mama, and she is a mom of three and a certified sleep consultant. Kara, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. We are excited to have you here. I was just telling Kara before we started, we have not had a certified sleep consultant on in ages. So today, Kara is going to talk to us all about normalizing babies waking up in the night, stigmas behind sleep training, and improving sleep without sleep training. Ding, ding, ding. Um, <laughs> Kara, for anyone who does not follow you on social media or does not know you, can you give us a little bit of your background about yourself and the company? Absolutely. Like you said, I'm a mom of three. So this obviously started straight from the heart. I was in the moment and basically realized that everybody needs help with motherhood. And one of the most hot topics is sleep. And a lot of our children at some point struggle with sleep. So I wanted to start something, an online community for moms to just, for me to be able to support them and help them understand that there's another way and I can show them the other side of this and create an environment where their baby's sleeping through the night, their days are more predictable and they're just overall happier parents. And I think it makes us better parents. And I saw that in ourselves, my husband and I, I mean, we had dinner together every night and we were able to get a babysitter and it just made it so easy. So when I saw, you know, a lot of people struggling with that, it was just like, stop, no we can fix this. So that was my ultimate goal. And then with the sleep training, basically supporting them one-on-one as they're going through it. So that's just kind of what brought me here. So did you have one of your kids was just a horrible sleeper that this led you to want to do this or? So yes and no. Um, actually my sister and I have the same amount of children, but she was always nine months ahead of me, which is very random, but every time she had a baby, I found out I was pregnant. And so she was doing the sleep training with her oldest and I had had my oldest. And so I kind of saw that it was working and I was like, okay, there's something to this. Like her baby is every night at seven o'clock. The naps are predictable. She knew what to expect. So I kind of followed in her footsteps a little bit. And there was a little bit of, there was a little bit of sleep training in the sense of guiding him and changing the times he was eating and, you know, putting him in the crib awake and changing a lot of things that I knew that kind of set me back. But for my other two, I kind of started from day one. So I was able to avoid sleep training in general, if that makes sense. I was doing more teaching of them of when to be awake and when to eat, as opposed to breaking habits that you would naturally form. Um, well, you so, sleep training out the gate, right? And, yes, and so that's kind of, you know, where I say sleep, improving sleep without sleep training is possible right. because you're setting them up from the day one yeah. where it's hard a new mom. I mean, you don't really know, you know what to do. You're trying to survive. And then we slowly start to, you know, introduce these things that baby becomes reliant on. And now all of a sudden we have to sleep train, which is totally fine. And it's quick and it's easy, but it's both, it's both ways, you know? Right. Right. Okay, I love that. And when did you start Well Rested Mama? So I started in April of 2019. My oh, website launched 
Yeah. When I was in the hospital giving birth to my third child. Oh my gosh. You, you launched the website in the hospital. I was in the hospital and my IT team called me and said, we are live. And I was like, great, let's do this. That's amazing. So before you had the website, were you, were you already sleep training people? Yes. Okay. So that's kind of what gave me the confidence to do this and help people that I don't know, because I was helping everyone that I do know and it was working. So I was like, I just needed to just do it, you know? And I was like, this is a thing. And I always tell people like, life isn't about you. Like, it's not about me. So like, I knew that I could just start like branching out to different people and clearly yeah, worked. Right. I mean, there's people that need help and that's why I decided to get certified. Right. Cause I, I would have never have approached someone that I wasn't friends with to help them unless I was like certified and educated and really like, you know, knowledgeable on the topic. So I did that. And then and can you, for anyone who's listening, um, I feel like a certified sleep consultant is pretty common now and a yeah. majority of people use them. When mm-hmm. I had my daughter in 2012, it seemed like something that was more reserved for the, you know, rich and famous, if you will, yeah. and not, yeah. not available to normal people. Um, it was something that I had thought of, okay, a certified sleep consultant, that's a woman who's going to come to my home. It's going to cost, you know thousands and thousands of dollars. Like that's just not something I can afford, nor is that even something I would think that because I'm not a celebrity, literally that I would even look at, but you know, my daughter's 10 now. So over the last 10 years, this has really become a movement. And I think some of that is because, you know, as women, we are so many more women are working now. They need to get sleep or we're having multiple kids or we're just, we're taking on a lot. So we need sleep because you can't do anything in your life if you're sleep deprived. So right. tell a little bit about, you said you want to normalize that all babies wake up. Let's start there. First off to go hand in hand with what you were just saying. I think our generation has done a better job of supporting other people yeah. and acknowledging that like life isn't perfect. Like we no longer live in a world that we have to like pretend we're in this picture perfect box. So I think that's where the shift kind of happened in the last 10 years is us acknowledging like, this is hard. Like this stuff is hard. And like our parents didn't talk about that. It was hard, but now we're all going to talk about it. And here we are. So we're all on social media now. Right. So people are right. in groups and forums. Yeah. And I always think about when I think of the shift is the 1950s and the woman making dinner and high heels and like waiting for their husband to come home from work. I'm like, I can't even imagine a world like it's laughable. It's laughable. Literally last night I looked at my husband and I was like, I've become a crock pot mom. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> he was like, what does that mean? And I'm like, I just used to make, like, I would like browse in and like, Oh, I'm going to make this, you know, and this is going to be great. And then now I'm like, chicken tonight, pour sauce on there. Yeah. Like we're doing this. And it's like back in the day, I was like, how dare you ever like consider that? So I think it plays a really big part. You were a Pinterest mom. Now you're, I was, I was, and I'm just, you're, busy. you're busy. Yeah. looking for efficiencies, which, which is to me, I mean, I own a business as well. And yeah, I don't talk about it a lot on the podcast, but dream on baby is my company. And I am managing a bunch of people. I'm managing four kids, managing my husband, my home. I have a full-time nanny for my children because I'm working full-time and I look for all efficiencies in life. So 
I yeah. would gladly say I'm a crock pot mom. I do. I do the crock pot too. Okay. Normalizing all babies wake up. Tell us about yes. it. Okay. So first things first, like, I don't care who you are. You wake up in the middle of the night. Okay. Like you are repositioning yourself. You're kicking a leg out. Cause you're warm. You have to go to the bathroom. Like whatever it is, we all wake up. Okay. And that's not something that just starts in adulthood. Like we've always been doing that. Just our, the progression of what happens during those wakings, obviously mature is just like we are as humans. So as a baby, a baby can wake up every 40 to 50 minutes during their sleep. Okay. And if you're looking at a 12 hour night and you've ever heard a mom say I was up every hour, she's not joking because they wake up every hour. And what we forget is we hear someone online or your neighbor down the street, like, oh, my baby sleeps seven to seven. And that is amazing. Right. But their child is not sleeping from 7 PM to 7 AM, like a sack of potatoes. Their child is waking up, they're adjusting, they're rolling over, they're grabbing a passy, they're moving something and they're doing their process to go back to sleep. But a mom who was up all night, that child relies on something that they cannot do themselves. And that mom has to provide that process. And that is where those nighttime wakings come from. So in the grand scheme of things, every mom, every baby is waking up throughout the night. It's just a matter of what they require to go back to sleep. That's causing it to be a real wake up or a silent wake up. So, I mean, I just think it's so important because I think so many moms are just get so frustrated of, you know, you got an easy baby or you're lucky or whatever it may be. And it's like, no, all the babies are the same in the sense of waking up periodically throughout the night. It's just a matter of how they are going back to sleep during those times. Yeah. And I think that goes back to for women and and you could speak to this better than I, but that are rocking babies to sleep, nursing babies to sleep, allowing baby to fall asleep on their chest. Then when they do wake up those every 40, 50 minutes or, you know, twice a night or whatever, they're going to look for that same method to suit. Yes. Right. Yes. Absolutely. A little bit about that. Okay. So this is going to be super dramatic, but I feel like this is the, this is the explanation that resonates with everybody is if you went to bed at your house in your bed and you woke up on your neighbor's couch, I can promise you, you would not go back to sleep. Okay. But if you went to bed at your house in your own bed and woke up in your own bed, you're going to go back to bed. So when we are doing something that a baby physically cannot do, okay, this is going to be rocking them, rocking, pacifier, replacing a bottle, nursing, none of those things our babies can do on their own. If that process is not happening when they wake up, they're in panic mode. Okay. Especially they fell asleep in your arms. They're asleep. You place them down. They wake up in a bassinet. They're at the neighbor's house. Yeah. Okay. They're not in that analogy. I love it. It's so dramatic. I know it's so dramatic and like, it's not realistic, but it's like the only way to really realize is the biggest thing people do. And the most common, like like thing that people say is, well, I gave them 15 minutes in the middle of the night. It's yeah. like, okay, if you were at your neighbor's and I was like, let's just give her 15 minutes and she'll go back to bed, like zero chance. There's no way you would accept an entire environment change and just go, you can't expect that from them. Right. So, you know, they're looking for that situation. They're in your arms. Now they're not, where did mom go? Now I've been left and it's a panic. And now their number one goal is to find you get back into those arms and get back to that rocking or whatever was happening when they were going to bed. Oh my gosh. I've never heard it like that. And I know you said it's dramatic, but I think <laughs> I was, like 
that just resonated so yes. with me. It just makes so it, much sense. It makes so much sense. I think about it too, as an adult, sometimes when I'm in a hotel, like I will, I'm, I'm used to waking up in my own bed every night. And so if I, you know, that moment where you wake up in a hotel yes. or whatever, and you're like, where am I? But our adult rational mind can go, okay, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I, I fell asleep here. This is where I am. And then you can go back to bed, but there's a, a little moment of a small panic where you're like, where am I? So as much as the being on the neighbor's couch, and I immediately started thinking like, oh my gosh, would I sneak out? Would I let them know I was placed there? Like you would be panicked if you woke up panicked. on the couch. Panicked. And that is how our babies feel. Of course they're screaming. And of course they're, they're panicked. I love that analogy. Uh-huh. Um, so when you hear parents saying my baby is sleeping through the night, which is a statement I've made, you're really saying, no, your baby's still waking up, but they're just soothing themselves. They're not waking you up. So we should actually right. say I'm sleeping. Yes. Through. My baby, I don't know what they're doing, but they're not waking me up. Absolutely. Yeah. They're rolling around. They're grabbing a passy. Sometimes they're humming. I mean, they're doing nothing. Yeah. Really interesting. Today's episode was brought to you by Dreamland Baby. I want to introduce you to a product that hundreds of thousands of parents use to help their baby sleep. The Dreamland Baby Weighted Sleep Sack. Hi, I'm Tara Williams, host of the Mom Manual and founder of Dreamland Baby. When my son Luke was six months old, he was still waking up every hour and a half. I was completely exhausted, frustrated, and at my wit's end. Sound familiar? My solution to create a gently weighted sleep sack that babies can safely wear to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. The award-winning doctor-approved Dream Weighted Sleep Sack and Swaddle features our proprietary CoverCom technology, evenly distributed weight from your baby's shoulders to toes to help naturally reduce stress and allow your little one to feel relaxed and sleep soundly. If you're struggling to get your baby to sleep for longer stretches and go down easier, you're not alone. This product was a game changer for my son and can be for your family too. And right now we've got a special discount exclusive to mom manual listeners. Use code mommanual15 at checkout to get 15% off site-wide. Isn't it time for you to invest in rest? So the other thing we wanted to talk about was stigma behind sleep training. Yes. Yes. This is just, and I, I have patience with it and you have to like have a little grace because with that 10 years that has changed, you have to imagine the concept of all of this is not the same as it used to be. Right. So it's a lot of training our brains and really understanding everything behind it that, you know, back in the day they did let babies cry it out. Okay. Like that was a thing, you know, I've even heard pediatricians say cry it out is fine, which if that is for you, that's for you. Like no judgment zone at all, but sleep training, you don't need help sleep training. If you are going to let your baby cry it out, there's no coaching involved. There's no process that's happening. You are genuinely putting your baby down and you are not going into that room until 12 hours later. Okay. That is cried out. So the biggest thing is that when people hear sleep training, their brains automatically go to that place. And it's just could not be far from opposite, right? When we're sleep training, we are guiding parents and helping them 
really identify when their little one needs help. Okay. Because they do need help, right? We're going back to the whole topic of, they don't know how to put themselves to sleep, whether it's at the beginning of bedtime or in the middle of the night, they do not know how to put themselves to sleep. So laying them down awake in a crib and expecting them to do that without your help at all is unrealistic and you're not teaching them anything. So with sleep training, the biggest thing we're doing is teaching them that you're still there and you haven't disappeared because back to that panic, they wake up and they're like, they're gone. Where are they? I need to cry until they come back. And we don't want that. We don't, we want your baby to know that they're still there, even though you can't physically see you feel you feeding, moving. So with the sleep training, the whole point is that we're sending you in and out of that room to help your baby make that connection. That's like, okay, they're still here. They're still checking on me. They're still coming to me. They're still doing X, Y, and Z, but I'm not being rocked to sleep. I'm not being brought to the bed. I'm not being fed because those are all things that we know they don't necessarily need in order to fall asleep. It's just what they're used to and what they want. Okay. So like, that's the biggest difference of sleep training. I mean, you're so involved in the process and your baby knows that you're there. There is no glimpse in your baby's brain that you have left them and disappeared. And that's the whole point. Yeah. So it's just hard to really make, you know, people understand that like, is your baby going to cry? Yes. They cannot talk to you. I mean, until a certain age, they can't, that's their only way of communicating. And I have another analogy for you. That is dramatic. I love these, (laughs) but swim lessons. Okay. You're never going to throw your baby in the pool, which is my example, cry it out, but we make them do some lessons. Someone comes to our house and they're in the pool and they are screaming their heads off. But us as parents know that it, that doesn't matter because the, it's not an option. You're not going to drown. Right. So they go through the process, but after a while you start to notice that they're not crying when the swim instructor comes now they're loving playing in the pool, you know? And it's like, the same thing. It's just a different topic, but it's harder for most people because you're tired. Right. And like, you're, you're the one that's having to do the teaching and helping them understand the process so that they are able to do this on their own. Whereas some lessons, someone else is most likely doing it for you. And it's easy to step away and just be like, I know they need this because this is hundred percent safety and it's not an option. So you know, in both scenarios though, we're teaching them something that number one, they don't want to do. And number two, that they need that like live the attention to do it every single time. I mean, swim lessons, it's 10 minutes a day for what, like three weeks, like it's nonstop and it's consistent and it's, you have to keep going. So sleep training, you might be in the room every three minutes for the entire bedtime, but it's the same. It's the same thing. You're helping them understand. You're helping them make the connection that you are still there. You're not going to let anything happen to them. And you need to follow through because this is something you're changing and something that's important for them to learn. Oh gosh, you have the best analogies. Um, <laughs> I love the analogy about the swim lessons because I yeah. agree. No parent is going to say like, I'm just going to give you the option to drown or not. Like that's fine. And I think it goes back to us as women and maybe parents, we put ourselves last because while this sleep training is for our baby and we could get into all the developmental advantages Mm -hmm. of getting sleep versus not for the baby, let's be honest, it's really for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And if your baby's not sleeping, obviously you're not sleeping. You're not functioning through your day. You're not productive. You can't go back to work. You can't work out. You can't be with friends. Like when I look at new year's resolutions and people that want to lose weight and eat healthier, like if you aren't getting sleep, nothing else is possible. 
So that is the core of it. And because we put ourselves last, we're like, we will just keep waking up. We will just fight through it. Or this other idea that babies just don't sleep and I'm going to be up for six months. Like right. you don't have to be up for six months. I mean, no. would you say that every baby given the right amount of work, like can sleep through the night at, a, at an appropriate age and there, or are, or, or is it like 10% of babies are just going to be awful sleepers? Nothing's going to help them. Like if you get one of those bad apples, mm-hmm. you know, too bad for you, what, what would you say to that? I would say that unless there's a medical condition, meaning they need to eat every hour or they are on, you know, some type of machine or something like I'm talking serious medical condition, that would be the only way I would accept someone's answer, someone's answer to my baby cannot sleep. Like I have never met a baby that I have not been able to sleep train unless the parents do not follow through and aren't consistent. Yeah. Okay. I think you should say that again. <laughs> no baby that cannot be sleep trained. Nope. Nope. Outside of a medical condition. Like, so anyone who's listening right now and is thinking I've tried it, I've read a book. I've either, you haven't met the right sleep consultant, or we hate to turn it to you, but you're just not trying. Is that what we say? Or not not being consistent, right? Which is fine, right? Like if you don't want to do any of those things and you don't want to follow through and you don't want to be consistent, that is totally fine. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But it's the same thing. You know, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, but I'm going to eat Burger King every day. Like it's not going to work, you know? And it's like saying, well, I can't lose weight. Like my body cannot lose weight. And it's like, okay, let's backtrack and see what's causing to get into the way of your goal. And it is the person (laughs) Yeah, outside of a medical condition. Everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to this concept of actually sleep training versus cry it out, cry it out. You're putting the baby in their crib and you're like, see ya in the morning. Yep. Okay. Yes. That does sound inhumane. Um, And within the sleep training community and world, I know there are different maybe methods is, is that more of a gentle approach, more of a, I guess, I guess the spectrum would be very gentle to cry it out. Can you talk yeah. us through what those different methods yeah. are? So ultimately when it comes to sleep training, it starts with a version of you're picking, you're going in, you're picking up the baby and it escalates all the way to that cry it out. You're putting them down, leaving the room and never going back in. But all in all, when it comes to the sleep training and the sense of you being involved, most of them require the check-ins you're going in, you're showing face, you're helping them calm down. You're doing all these things. I think a lot of it has to do with the temperament of your baby, but my personal favorite is just choosing a number and you're sticking to it and you are consistent. So for example, three minutes is your threshold, right? Like your baby's crying three minutes. You're going in. There are sleep training techniques that are, you know, five minutes. And then next time is 10 minutes and 15, you're adding the time in between your check-ins. But if you look at it kind of, and you take a step back, you're almost teaching your baby to cry for longer periods of time before they see you. So I kind of always steer towards the more frequent, the more consistent so that they're able to make that connection a little bit faster that you're still there. Because I mean, at the end of the day, think about it, like your baby's five months old, 15 minutes goes by, like 
that's a lot. Like they don't even remember you from 15 minutes ago, you know? So the more frequent that it is and the more consistent you can be with that, the faster they're like, oh, they're still here. They're still coming. So I think that's where sleep training techniques kind of range and they definitely change in that, in that standpoint. But there are babies that, you know, three minutes is too short. Right. And if that's your baby and you're going in and they're getting mad, like it's obviously not working. So maybe they do need more time. And I think that's where you can kind of like tailor it to the personality and the temperament of the baby. But for the most part, I find that the more consistent, shorter periods are just, it works a little bit faster. And you feel like three minutes is that golden spot for most? I do. I love the three minutes. I mean, I think it kind of meets halfway for the parents too, just to kind of, you know what I mean? Cause at, at the end of the day, this is all about mom and dad. I mean, a baby can be sleep trained no matter what. Right. But we, in order for us to be consistent, it has to be tolerable and it has to be something that we're physically able to implement and stick to. So I do find that the three minute threshold is easier for just parents that, you know, they're in this situation they haven't been sleeping. They're exhausted. You can only put them so far, you know, and, you know, listening to a crying baby is not helping, you know? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And, and my analogy, I keep thinking about it. We sell weighted sleep where, and who are we selling it to? It's parents who are exhausted. So when I talked to my customer service team, I said, listen, you are not dealing with regular customers. You're, you're dealing with sleep deprived customers. We have to be extra nice, extra sensitive, extra careful. So, um, I totally get it. Like this is, it's not this, we're not doing swim lessons where we're in a sound mind and we're well-rested. Like we are trying to do something while we are essentially at our worst. Right. Um, so yeah, that, Oh gosh, my youngest now is almost five. So I am, I am far removed from these days. Yeah. Yeah. For all the moms on here, because anyway, you slice it, this is not easy. And it does really take that consistency and discipline, which is so hard to do when we mm-hmm. ourselves are just not at our best. So this brings us to our third point, which for anyone who doesn't want to sleep train, tell mm-hmm. us how you can improve sleep without sleep training. Okay. So the biggest thing first off, okay. Yeah. So obviously I'm a sleep consultant. Like I do sleep training. I believe in that, but I also, like I said, two out of three kids, no sleep training at all. And the biggest thing, number one, that when your child is waking up frequently throughout the night, and I would say, let's say 75% of those kids are eating right in the night they are going to eat the same amount in a 24 hour period. So when they're consuming any calories in the night, it's pulling calories from their daytime, which is kind of causing this vicious cycle. So the first thing we want to do is make sure that they're taking full feeds during the day so that you're stacking all of their calories during the first 12 hours of the day, just like you or I, like we eat all day long. Do I need to eat in the night? No. If someone brought me pizza at 2am, like I'd be like, okay, I'll join you. But like, that doesn't mean I need to eat pizza in the middle of the night. So we have to shift that. We have to make their calories during the day so that we're stacking that nutrition so that they're able to go through the night without eating. And this is also going to be, keep in mind only for babies that are 12 pounds or more, because that's when the nutrition shifts. So once they hit that 12 pound mark, they can go through the night without eating. And is that about three months? Typically, yes. I've seen smaller or younger babies weigh more. It really just depends obviously on their birth weight, but um, for the most part, I would say between that three to four month mark, they've hit the 12 pounds. 
Um, so stacking that nutrition, making sure they're taking full feeds during the day and then, and keep in mind. So let's say eight and a half pounds or more, they can eat every three hours during the day. And that's going to promote full feed. So if your baby's under that eight pound mark and, or I mean, over that eight pound mark and eating every two hours, they're not taking full feeds. They're snacking, which is pushing calories into their night. So like that's step one. The next thing that you can do is keep in mind, like we said before, all babies wake up in the night. Right. And I would say a normal, like sleep promoted nighttime stretch is going to be like five to six hours that they're making it for their waking up. So during those wakings though, if they're relying on a process to go back down that they can't do themselves, you're still going to have to feed them, rock them, whatever you do. But in order to promote those longer stretches, you want to promote better daytime sleep. So getting those naps in during the day is going to help promote those longer stretches at night. And this makes no sense, but the more they sleep during the day, the better they sleep at night. So we want to keep that in mind because sleep breeds sleep. So you know, in between those feeds, we have some awake time and we are sleeping and really crossing them over and really just monitoring those wake windows. Right. So for example, and this is going to be kind of a lot, but if a baby sleeps over an hour and 15 minutes, they can handle their full wake window. If they sleep under an hour and 15 minutes, you have to subtract 30 minutes from that next wake window. Our babies have wake windows, right? Which is the amount of time they can be awake during the day in between their naps. Okay. Sleeping. Okay. So after a nap, okay. They have a wake window. So we're always looking at that nap. So if the nap was over an hour and 15 minutes and they wake up that next wake period can be their full maximum wake window. If that nap was under an hour and 15 minutes, they cannot handle that maximum wake window. So you have to put them down for their next nap 30 minutes earlier than you naturally would. Got it. And the wake window is equal to the nap time. No, the wake windows are based off of age. Ah, okay. So we got like a whole chart going on. Yeah. See, and this is where, when we're talking about improving sleep without sleep training in my mind, I'm like, this is sleep training, right? It's just, yes, but it's not the implementing sleep training, putting the baby in the wake, doing the check-ins, listening to the crying. It's not that process. You're just promoting a healthy sleep environment to get those longer setting up good, setting up good skills. I think this is actually really what I did with all my kids. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm thinking of my fourth, what happened with him? I guess I had four. You were busy. (laughs) We didn't follow anything with him. And then he was a monster. And I just thought, oh, he's a bad sleeper. That's, I think, kind of just where I thought we really did do, excuse me, sleep training with my first daughter. Um, We got a book. This was 2012. She, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of what it was called because I know it was very controversial because it really effectively was cried out. And we, we followed it and it was, it was, so hard. I remember I was crying in my room to my husband. I'm like, are you sure we can't get her? And he was like, the book says no. And we were like, okay. <laughs> but really, I mean, the concept of the book was just feed them, mm-hmm. keep them awake to do a playtime activity and then put them down. Like that was really right. it. So there really yeah. was no sleep training. It was just setting up good skills. It was effectively yeah. saying, don't nurse them to sleep. Don't rock them to sleep. Like right. exactly. when you're holding them and feeding them, keep them awake and then put them down on their own. Yeah, this is, this is really interesting. Do you have, um, like a guide or these, I would almost call these tips and tricks, um, how yes. to 
Do you have anything like this? It's like a printout or cause this is such good information. So I have all these charts on my Instagram. And then in terms of downloads and stuff, I have the entire guides that are downloadable online. Some are just freebies, instant downloads, but I also have the downloadable guides that basically are based on age and they just walk you from the beginning of your day to the end, but they do also include the sleep training. So it is the directions, the instructions, what to do, how to do. So at the end of the day, just really giving yourself grace and understanding that this is normal. The journey that you're in is normal. Everyone's isn't going to look the same and comparing it to someone else's isn't going to change anything for you. But if you are struggling and you do, you know, you are ready and you're like, something needs to change. There are options and there are people like myself ready to help and getting you from A to Z quickly. I mean, that is the goal of all this. Like it, you know, we want it fast. We want you guys to be the, you know, the other side of this as quickly as possible. And it is an option, but just, it does it's not for everybody, you know? And I think that's the biggest thing and that's okay. Yeah. And what would you say on average, when you have a client who you're sleep training, like how long is it before they get their age appropriate sleep through the night, whatever that is. I would say the most common time frame is three to four nights. We see the most significant wow. progress. Yeah. And I mean, obviously that goes hand in hand with the consistency and really utilizing our support and really following through with everything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really fast. It really is. I mean, we have women reaching out to us with two year olds that are like, I haven't slept yeah. night in two years yes. and to be able to correct that in under a week, three to four nights, like that is crazy. I mean, and I think everybody should be with a sleep consultant, right? It's crazy. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is people are like, Oh my gosh, like that was it. Like I could have done this so long ago. And I was like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. You're here now and you did it, but it's like, yeah. you just think it's this long, exhausting journey and you have to you know, yeah. be doing it for months and months and months. And it's just so not true. Um, that you know, message we need to get out to everybody. Hey, give yourself oh, four days. And I always say, yes, just give me three days and you, I can promise will not turn back. That is, I mean, I think about that in potty training too, where it's, you're like, Oh, I, and that's, that is a little bit longer than three days, but it's under a week. And then to not have to change diapers and buy diapers and to have a potty trained child, it's, it's, but, but it's a pain you have to for all. And that's, you know, all day you're going in and and this seems easy. Wow. Three. Honestly, I think it is easier. (laughs) Three to four nights. You guys heard this get, get on some kind of system or training or with a consultant or read the freebies. Um, Kara, this was amazing information. I know everybody was taking tons of notes. Tell us where everybody can find you website for the downloads, all the things. Okay. So the most information and communication support interaction is going to be on Instagram and that is at well rest, well rested mama. And then online, of course, I have all the different coaching packages available, which is going to be one-on-one help your baby specifically communicating with us throughout the day and at bedtime, but I do have digital downloads. So some of them are going to be absolutely free download them. Now there's some charts on there. And then I do have the sleep training guides that will walk you through everything. And if you use the code MM10, it will take 10% off of those for you. Amazing. Okay. MM10. That's from mom manual 10. I love it. (laughs) Kara, thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great
Bye. Thank you.